0: mediated conversation on SAFM good morning thursday morning time for your mediated conversation this morning as you get your day going this morning baniana baniana should be around now possibly going through passport control in australia or new zealand for the Women's Football World Cup. It comes after they had a huge dispute over the weekend with the USA Football Association about the amount of money they're due to be paid to play in the Women's World Cup. One of the reasons this has received so much public attention is because women's sport now has a much higher profile, I think, than it's ever had. We've seen women's football, women's cricket, generally speaking, sport played by women, getting a lot more TV attention, and that means it gets a lot more money. Perhaps the best example of this is still to come this year, when the Netball World Cup will be held in Cape Town. So then, how and why is women's sport getting a higher profile? Is it getting the same amount of revenue? Will it ever be treated equally to the way that men's sport is. First this morning, you'll hear from Kelvin Watt, Managing Director for Africa, Asia, Pacific and Middle East at Nielsen Sports. We'll talk about the money. Then from Netball South Africa, their chief executive, Blanche Delaguerre, about the struggles that they have. Kabozita is a former Banyana Banyana captain. We'll ask her about the support given to women's teams and how important this event in uh, Australia and New Zealand is. And then growing the grassroots, getting girls into sport and making them, helping them to stay in sport, encouraging them to stay in sport. Kaz Naidoo, you know her, of course, the cricket commentator, founder of G-Sport for Girls. We start then with Kelvin Watt from Nielsen Sports. Kelvin, good morning. Good morning. It seems to me the real increase in the profile given to women's sport probably started, what, maybe five years ago? but they've been women's national cricket teams for over 50 years. When would you say this change really started?
1: I think you're probably right. It's it's probably really seen the change in the sort of last 5 to 10 years that you started to see some some sort of recognised change across the board. Um, so it, 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 you know, it's, it's relatively recent, as you say. In, in certain sports, obviously very different. You know, tennis, for example, has always stood out um, quite differently to, to the rest. Um, and you see sort of things in, in things, you know, like the recent Comrades Marathon, Comrades, I think, it's, you know, it's had equal prize money and equal treatment of its of its women athletes going back decades now. So, you know, we, there's been pockets of of, of difference, um, but largely in the last five to 10 years, you correct.
0: Uh, tennis is the standout example. Uh, why is tennis so different? Why is women's tennis received so much more attention? And is there a sort of a TV aspect to this?
1: Yes, I, well, you know, I think it, at the outset it's really about the WTA and Billie Jean King and, and 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 a group of women, you know, many many years ago, who stood up and and created a WTA that stood separate to the, to the men's tennis association and and put together a product. I think, I think the one thing that really for me is lacking in women's sport is the product. Um, and I think that's what the WTA did so successfully many years ago, and probably women's golf did that as well. Is really put a product on the table that week in and week out there was organized, structured product that was being put out there. You know, rugby's had the curry cup for 130 odd years, for example, cricket similarly and various things like that. And I think that's the one thing that is still in large respect lacking in, in organized women's sport to really professionalize it is, is a you know, product, whether that be in the shape of a league or, or what that product is. And obviously because it's that product that allows you quite rightly to generate television revenues, it's organized, you know, when it's taking place, Um, But also match day revenues, I think the one area that women's sport really lacks is is those match day revenues of tickets and and all those other sales, sweet sales, all the other things that really generate revenue. Sport sport cannot only be financed on broadcast rights and brought by by broadcast and sponsorship. It needs those match day revenues to truly be sustainable.
0: Um, As a product, is women's sport now getting a lot more money than it used to get. I mean, I'm not quite sure what changed five years ago. I mean, maybe just as a society, we we sort of understood the injustice of it, but it's something seems to have changed that suddenly led to the growth of the commercialization of this.
1: I think a lot of it is because we've, you know, in, in certain sports have done a very good job of actually putting product together. Uh, you know, I think there's a realization as well that of the entertainment factor and, and the difference, you know, women's sport brings a very different set of elements into play often, um, you know, so I think it's a combination of, of all of those things, really. I don't think there's one single thing that you can put it down to, um, you know, maybe from a sponsor perspective is there's been a lot more research done in that respect to show, for example, that, you know, sponsors of women's sport actually get a higher sort of propensity to purchase. You know, I think it's up three, 4% on, on sort of men's sponsorship, for example.
0: I don't know what that means
1: basically that that people who see you sponsoring women's sport are three percent more inclined to buy your product than they would you know if you're sponsoring men's sport for example yeah
0: okay very interesting um do you think there'll ever be a time when they when men's sport and women's sport generates equal revenue will have the same amount same number of people watching or do you think that that's maybe never going to happen or at least very far off
1: I think it'll happen in pockets and in certain sports and in certain things, you know, for example, um, you know, like women's tennis, for example, you know, during a, during the reign of, of um, you know, someone like Serena did an unbelievable job in Serena Williams in, in driving that, um, you know, so I think it'll often be driven about the athletes themselves, those standout athletes in those particular areas. Um, and you'll see it in certain sports, whether you'll see it across the board. Um, I. I, I I can't see it. Um, You know, I think it's a long way off in in terms of that. Um, But we'll certainly see it in a number of, you know, in a number of sports. We will see it
0: is personalities important i mean in the united states there was a moment in the,
1: there was a, a moment
0: in, a, in the final of a women's football world cup when one of their players took her shirt off she had a training bra underneath but that was a big moment for various reasons um there's been other moments i mean if you for example had a kind of serena williams figure in a women's golf that kind of thing
1: that kind of person yeah, Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's no different to football. You know, the, the Messi-Ronaldo era has, has been extraordinary for the game of football. I mean, I think it's the same in, in everything. You know, I think we, we've been through a golden generation in cricket in South Africa. You know, I mean, the type of talent that we've seen in, in the women's national cricket team in the last 10 years, you know, I it, it's hard to see it being replicated. We've really had a, a golden generation of players. And I think that's been a, a big factor in the growth of cricket in South Africa is just this extraordinary talent that's been that's been playing in that team and you know some of that talent has started to retire now and it's whether or not we can replace that with with the same quality players characters um, that that we've seen
0: kelvin what thank you managing director for africa asia pacific and middle east at nielsen sports really appreciate the time with this fm me FMU conversation on the growing commercialization of women's sports continues blanche deleguer is the ceo of netball south africa of course they're hosting the world cup here soon blanche good morning
2: Good morning.
0: Um, we've suddenly okay. seen netball growing in prominence. Is that just because we're hosting the World Cup? Or is there real growth in revenue, in attention, in profile, in numbers?
2: Yes, it's not only because of um, the netball World Cup coming. I We had a plan, um, started with a plan back in 2012-13 and, and, um, with the then-minister of Sport for Kilimbalula and um, we went out of the country to go and do some fact-finding mission, you know, to see how we can change our sports um, to be um, professional. And we came back and we realized we're not ready yet, um, and uh, we started with, the, with a, a, a netball league with a previous sponsor at the time, and then um, lately we have the telecom Netball League. That's where everything starts, basically, um, where you could where you could um, taste um, your quality, your amount of players your activities in the districts and when the new, when the president uh, current president started in 2016 she actually told us let us take me go back to the people which directly means start the competitions because some communities just does not have that um, finances to to run. A, a competition, a league, their regular league, their competition on Saturdays or in the week. So what we did is we went out and found a sponsor for that, which is the Twitter, um Netball Championships in the district. And that is where you start to grow. Firstly, you have to have the players, you have to have the interest. The, the most concerning um, of it all was how to Engage the public to come and watch the netball, to come and support the netball. If you look at England, New Zealand, and and Australia, Australia, New Zealand are small countries um, population wise. They make the money; they generate their income through ticket sales, like rugby and all of those other sports. So we we also started to to. Um, go out and and promote netball and um, get people interested because if you look at the schools netball um, since DSG we came in, all the parents come in. The the interest there is big, families, and that's what we want in netball. Come watch the games and and let us support netball not only the spa Rodeo. So, but but our biggest. Um, um, problem at the moment is we don't have our own facility. Once you have your own facility and you can manage your facility, that's all income generators, And you have your competition facility and we travel from province to province. Um, but yes, I can tell you, um, uh, Nepal is bigger uh, since we started the leaks and the interest are um, quite um, surprising of okay. people
0: watching the metal. So, Blanche, more people playing? Um, I mean, sorry, more people are watching, coming to watch, presumably also watching on TV. Are you finding more girls, school girl, a school age girls, I suppose, wa- playing? They're watching. They're watching their idols playing, and they're coming to play too. Yes, definitely, most certainly. Um, we know in some sports, so for example, uh, people have done an analysis on this. If you look at rugby and cricket, it basically depends if you go to one of those schools that produces those players. Is it the same for netball? Is it all about what happens at school? Or are there clubs that are doing the same thing?
2: Schools are big feeders of, of players, I would say, into the, into the system. Um, but lately, we see with the talk the league, where the provinces send their best teams. They come from districts, which has clubs. So it's with the Twitter, you know, it's all about the competition that you create to to generate more players. Not only from schools. Because your your problem uh, with network players, um, after school, if you don't go to a university, what happens to this? And that is where we're trying to get into um, those districts where there are those James and talented players that would never get the opportunity to be identified if they're not in the mainstream um universities. And of course there, there are schools that have the um privilege of um qualified coaches and then there are those that even don't have courts and we are attending to that with the help of a lot of this here and
0: then year And Blanche, I mean to take netball to the next level so the world cup's a big moment for you big moment for us what do we need to do after that i mean i am told in some places i think new zealand for example netball's is really big you know the country sort of stops not quite the size of rugby in new zealand but nothing is um but what would be the next step after this
2: it's to carry on with our netball um, four years ago in 2018 we started uh, promoting the world cup but in between all the nipple happened. All our events still happened. We have competitions right through. And that's the main um, thing with any sport, is to keep it active and to keep it in the public's eye. There's, there's beautiful um, effort all around. Um, Telkom Spa, all of them have put ballboards up. And you see us at the airport. It's such a lovely feeling to... to Arrive in Cape Town, and you see those huge billboards there, and um, that is what we need to keep on doing, to put it in the face of people. Remember, they still this uh, perception that that woman, you know, is are you really, you know, that good in in a professional sport? You're more of a mother, of a of a, um, a wife. I think that if you if you see one pro Match, your whole mind will change. Um, we have wonderful sponsors. We have new sponsors coming on, not only for World Cup. We have people um, um, who remained with us um, over the years and um, are there since way back, and um, but also new sponsors. But it's not the same um, money sure. as uh, my, my old sponsor um,
0: get. Blanche, thank you. Blanche Delegueur is the CEO of Netball South Africa. In a moment, Kabul Zita, a former top goal scorer for Banyana, and also Kaz Naidu, founder of G Sports for Girls. That's to come. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning. Talking about the commercialization of women's sports on your Mediated Conversation on SAFM this morning. 11 minutes now to nine. Kabul Zita is a former top scorer for Banyana. Banyana. Kabul, good morning. Nice to talk to you.
3: Uh, Good morning to the listeners and good morning to you too as well.
0: How important is a World Cup event for a team like Banyana?
3: It is very important for us to to go there with the little experience that we have because we have qualified before. We went to to the World Cup. We didn't do well. We were knocked out on the first uh, round of the, the tournament. But with this Thing of uh, not commercializing the uh, women's football, particularly, it's it, it's causing a lot of problems. And now we know our team is going there with an upside down-minded because of this saga that took mm. place before they take off. And I think if we can come together as South Africans and and sit around the table and and commercialize. Because, I mean, representing the country, it's not only for individuals to be seen on TV. I mean, it's, it's, it's taking the pride of the nation forward. Does the, so,
0: Sorry, Sandra. Yeah. Does SAFA, the SA Football Association, do they need to be more supportive of women's football than they have been? I mean, in the last few days, I think, they haven't really come out looking very good. But do they need to do, give more support to women's football? Not just Pinyana, but women's football as a whole
3: yeah I think uh, i it, it, it should start from from the schools you know because uh, school sports that's where we can start our development going forward, knowing that um at the end of the day we know that we will have the professional football in this country <laughs> because when you go overseas like you, you can see uh women's football that side they they have academies and everything it's it's professional. So we, we can be a, a team that is going to, to play abroad uh, in a tournament of that magnitude without having a proper development at home. So we need to start from the school sports and going forward with the development. We need to have academies so that all these young girls, because we have a lot of talent in this country. We, we started football from the dusty the streets of, of the communities, from different communities, you know, and it, it wasn't easy because uh, back then it was said that women's football, uh, women women belong in the kitchen, you know. Mm. But we, we continued because they said uh, football is it's a men's sport. But today look where women's football is. We we, we brought the, the, the Afghan at home and now we qualify twice to to go and play in the world cup i mean it, it shows It speaks for itself that we, we have talent we just need support especially from men to understand that we, we can play the game and we need to be given that
0: opportunity Cabo, do you think that men support women playing sport like football
3: i i think they do but not not more than women do because mm. like you Women also go to the stadium and watch, uh, support. Like, for instance, the PSL. You go to the stadium, you see the majority as well. It's also women there. We're supporting men. So I think also men need to also support women so that this thing can take off. And it only also add as a cherry on top. Because like when people go to the stadium, we know, like, case Chiefs if they can have a women's team. Uh pa- Orlando Perez, also, because you can see sundowns already has, and those women we can see them, they are treated like professionals, you know, I think if uh most of the team all the teams that are playing the p s l need to have women's team so that it can also push safa to take women's football seriously.
0: Zita, thank you. Former top goal scorer for Banyana Banyana. you with SAFM. Your media conversation continues. Kaz Naidu is a cricket commentator and founder of G-Sport for Girls. It's uh, particularly aimed at encouraging girls to play sport. Kaz, it's been a long time. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Isaiah. It has been a long time. Thank you for inviting
0: me. Um, this is probably a, a sexist question, but let me get it out of the way. Do girls want to play sport as much as boys do? To put it another way, does does society socialize boys to play sport more than girls
2: it is an interesting question and it will be um great to see some research done on that because i think that will really power the conversation around the growth of grassroots sports i think an area that really needs to be addressed is how we go about uh forming a pipeline of development across sporting federations to ensure that what the boys and the men have that the girls and the women have. And let me break this down for you. When you look at the Cricket South Africa pipeline uh, for boys' cricket, it goes from KFC Minute Cricket right up to the pro tiers, And it's a wonderful pipeline. I think other sporting federations have a lot to learn from that. But so then if you flip over to the women's side, and yes, there's been advancements, but there are key and glaring gaps that is holding back the development of women's cricket. So yes, it's an issue. And how do we address that? It comes back down to the very conversation we're having today is boosting the commercialization of women's sports. Because in order for grassroots sports to really grow and for girls and boys to have the same opportunities, there has to be deliberate collaboration.
0: One of the things that seems to happen, and I've seen this, Um, seen my son playing at primary school level, playing cricket, Um, a whole lot of of different teams, you know, at a very young age. And girls are part of the boys team. Or to put it another way, better, uh, boys and girls are playing together. Something changes when they get to the age of 11 or 12. And I think what also changes is puberty. And what I'm trying to get to is that society um, makes greater demands of uh, girls at that age and how they look than it does of boys. And is that an issue? Does it suddenly become playing sport when you're an eight-year-old girl is fine, when you're a 12 or 13-year-old girl, it suddenly becomes a lot more complex for all sorts of very difficult reasons?
2: These conversations are pertinent and they're currently happening at the moment. We're also seeing advancements uh, in this, um, especially around puberty and the fact that girls have got to wear white shorts. And now you're finding professional teams Changing to navy shorts and black shorts to make sure that um, they can maintain their dignity while they play sport. So, all these issues are there. And when you have a look at it, one of the reasons why it stands out as a big conversation topic without real um, kind of information to boost it is we're not doing enough to promote women's sport. At the end of 2020, I said to the G4 team, we need to find out what's our role in the women's sport environment. So we gathered 15 stakeholders of women's sport, and we've asked how far have we advanced in women's sport. What we came out with is the first ever commercial stairway for women's sport in South Africa. And right at the base of the stairway, it talks about the need for business acumen to commercialize women's sport. At the very summit of the stairway is the professionalization of women's sport. And let me tell you, not just one entity has a role to play here. Sports federations, sponsors, governments, media, fans, it all has to work together. But in the end, we've got to be able to see women's sport as a separate commercial entity. One of the reasons Banyana Banyana found themselves in the situation that they did this weekend is there isn't a professional structure for women's football in this country. So they've had to fight for bonuses because they're not workers. They do not get a salary. And if you think that they have those issues at the top, All the way towards Mm. the bottom at grassroots level. And then you mention all the issues that girls face. We have a mountain to climb.
0: I want to talk a little bit about an issue that Cabozita raised a few moments ago, about how it is if you go to a stadium, Pirates versus Chiefs, you'll see a lot of women in that stadium sort of supporting the men's team. You don't see the same uh, for women's sport, and that's true. But it's also true for girls and boys, isn't it? You go to a boys' high school on a Saturday, you will see the entire community there to watch you know, the first team play a rugby match or something. Go to a girls' school, they'll have a first team playing hockey or whatever sport it is, netball. I don't know, you won't see what you see at a boys' school. There's a whole issue around this.
2: It's getting a lot better, though, I have to say. And I think Calvin Watt would agree with me, especially with the Super Sports Schools program. We are seeing that if you shine a brighter spotlight on women's sport, there are better stories to tell. I remember hosting a show on SAFM. It was back in 2006. And when I spoke to Natalie Detroit, champion Paralympian, she said, nothing's changed. So I quit my radio show on SAFM and I launched G-Sports to cover the information gap. 17 years later, with the spotlight that we've shone on athletes and women in sport, the more we progress, the more gaps we see. And that's because we don't take women's sports seriously enough. There isn't, it's not a business of sport. When you hear some of the, the talk around Banyana, they're greedy for bonuses, they're mercenaries. And then you think, is that the gaze with which we have, mm. that we look at women's sports? We cannot. Attitudes have got to change, and we've got to believe that we have our own heroes. just speaking about women's sport very quickly. The final of the ICC Women's T20 World Cup, the most ticketed women's sport event in South Africa, right? 12,700 people there, men, boys, girls, women, families, everyone, the most diverse crowd I've ever seen to watch international heroes in action, to watch the South African Women Make History, The men have not even reached a World Cup final, but the women did. And guess what was the reason that they actually did that? Ten years ago, professional contracts were handed out to the women's cricketers, and a large number of them play in global leagues around the world. So so many women in sport are charting their own race, even. And one of the best ways forward, and one of the the best things that could come out of the Banyana situation is for sports federations to come together with Sasko and make a commitment that women's sport will be seen as a business. You will find all those issues starting to be addressed, from grassroots right up to the elite level. And then we will know that when women start getting paid salaries monthly, we won't be sitting outside hotels fighting for bonuses. We will be sitting in boardrooms negotiating.
0: Thank you, cricket commentator and founder of the G Sports Awards. My thanks also to Kabul Zita, former goal scorer, of course, for Banyana Banyana. Branch Delaguer is the Netball South Africa chief executive. And Kelvin Watt is the managing director for Africa, Asia, Pacific and Middle East at Nielsen Sports. We will see you tomorrow from Nanda Banyana Stanza. And do myself look after yourself. You're SFM leading the conversation, nine o'clock.